Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. This is a weekly sports podcast. We like to call it the best couple of hours of your sports week. Uh, I am your host, 12 Kyle. And once again, thank you for tuning in to the Dead End Sports Podcast. Uh, as always, man, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, but more importantly, this is the NBA preview. We will be previewing the NBA s- season, and uh, we, we got a lot of difference of opinions. Of course, this is what we call the place where sports opinions collide, and I'm pretty sure our opinions are going to collide about this upcoming NBA season. So uh, get yourself ready. Get your popcorn ready. Uh, more importantly, pass the word. Tell a friend to tell a friend about the Dead End Sports Podcast. If you haven't done so already, uh, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. You can find this podcast just about anywhere where podcasts are given. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Dead End Sports uh, also hit us up on all socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dead End Sports. Of course, I will not be doing this podcast alone. Joining me are the homies. First up, my man, BZ430. BZ, what up, though? What up, Kyle? You on that Miles and that Yak, man? You, you come today? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I just just uh, just watered it nice. I'm over there Miles and that Yak, baby. <laughs> Shoot. Hey, every time yeah. I think about Miles and Yak, man, I, I think about that picture of Shannon Sharp uh, talking about coming to death row. <laughs> on that Miles and that Yak. You know oh man. man. Who's hating oh. on your Florida State Seminoles, man? You gotta, you gotta be on the Miles and that Yak. Oh man. Florida State. What can I say? <laughs> also joining us is the homie Ken. Ken, what up? What's going on, fellas? Hey, man. It's I that know, time. Ken, Ken on that Maliac. Uh, not a hen dog. <laughs> <laughs> Some of that moonshine. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, hey, from, from your state, uh, Kyle, South Carolina, man. Oh, for real? You got more? Man. I got family from South Carolina, and whenever they come in town, um, they they bring moonshine. They bring in that jar. Man, I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> I'm gonna say right now, especially if it's in a jar. The only advice I can give you: drink slow, because <laughs> <laughs> it will sneak up on you and you will be knocked out. Um, our home and FIFO will be joining us momentarily. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, man, we're going to be talking NBA. But before we get to that, uh, just want to give you a couple of quick hits as far as things that happened this past week uh, in the world of sports. Uh, obviously, this past weekend, uh, big news out of the NFL. Aaron Rodgers goes down 
with a semi-controversial hit from Aaron Barr of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Aaron Aaron Rodgers is out now with a broken collarbone. Um, he's had surgery, and at the time of this recording, uh, it is not known how long he will be out. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they can hold the fort. Uh, Green Bay has already <laughs> let it be known. If you heard the clips from uh, head coach Mike McCarthy, they're not interested in anyone else. Uh, the anyone else being Colin Kaepernick. Uh, speaking of, Colin Kaepernick this past week filed a grievance with the um, NFLPA uh, citing collusion against the NFL owners. Um, we're not sure how this thing is going to play out. Uh, I've heard some experts say that, you know, this all but kills his chance at getting a job in the NFL. And my response to that is, uh, duh, if he's filing a collusion suit against the NFL, he understands that he's not getting a job in the NFL. Um, but we will see how the legal ramifications play out of this. Uh, this is definitely something that no one saw. But the way that and even though collusion is hard to prove, the way that the NFL has been losing cases these last few years, uh, I would not bet against Colin Kaepernick in winning this. Uh, did you see that? Um they held. They had a meeting. Goodell and and yes. Baldwin and some other players. And yes. uh, Kaepernick wasn't there, but they were um, talking about bringing him in. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. That he and he actually said that he was entertaining uh, the the decision to go. So, um, so we'll see. Goodell said that they didn't invite Colin Kaepernick to this particular meeting. Uh, the owners and the players will be meeting, in another, I think, two weeks from today. And there's talk that he may be invited to the next meeting. I don't understand why you would, why he would not have been invited to this particular meeting that happened today. Uh, nonetheless, I, you know, there's got to be some type of resolution. Uh, Goodell did also issue a statement, a joint statement with the NFLPA that uh, there was no resolution as far as, you know, making a stand or making players stand for the national anthem. So while the commander in tweet had been calling for that, uh, it looks like there will be no legislation that will make the players stand. Of course, of course, teams will obviously continue to um, encourage players to stand or some teams will encourage them to, you know, express themselves in any way, shape or form or fashion that they would like. So we'll see how that plays out as well. Um, as far as Major League Baseball, uh, the uh, American League Championship Series is tied 2-2 at the time of this recording. Uh, the Yankees uh, tied it up uh, tonight. Uh, so it will be going back to Houston for Game 5. And uh, in over in the National League, yeah, the Dodgers are actually up 2-0. They're, they're in the process right now of playing Game uh, 3 uh, against the Chicago Cubs. Um and also in college football this past weekend, four of the top 10 teams go down. Uh, the first, excuse me, the biggest being uh, Clemson getting beat in Syracuse by Syracuse. Uh, so there's been a shakeup in college football. Uh, like I said, a lot of stuff to talk about, but we're here to talk NBA. Uh, man, before we even could record this podcast, uh, I think it was maybe 10 minutes into the opening game uh, on TNT Celtics at Cavaliers. You got Kyrie Irving coming back to play against his former team. 10 minutes into the game, uh, free agent acquisi- acquisition, uh, Gordon Hayward from Utah um, breaks his ankle against the Cavs. 
and the whatever energy that the Celtics had have seemed to have left the building. So, man, let's let's start right there. Uh, B, what, what's your thoughts? I mean, we don't know the, the long-term prognosis as to how long he will be out, but obviously Gordon Hayward is going to be out for an extended period of time. Um, how, how does this, this shape for Boston? How does this shape for the Eastern Conference? Um, I mean – Season pretty much up in smokes. I mean, we already we already kind of knew that it was going to be Celtics and Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals, and that still might be the case because Jalen Brown. You know what? This is this is Jalen Brown chance now. Like, if if you couldn't want a better opportunity, Jalen Brown, this is it. This is your moment. This is your season to prove. You know what are your worth? If you if you that guy now that Hayward is out, it looked like he might be out pretty much for the remainder of this season. Um so, you know, which is unfortunate. You know, he didn't get a chance to play in front of the home crowd in Boston. You know, it's just it's sad. I mean, you know, you saw the players kneeling down, praying, and everyone felt bad. You know, LeBron James lending a hand going over there. Like, I mean, it's unfortunate. I hate to see that happen to players, especially, you know, it's the, it's the beginning of the season. The first game, mm-hmm. you know, energy level is high. Everyone's excited. And then you see something like this. You know, and the camera had a quick shot of it, and it was just like, ooh, it just, it was just cringy. You just had to turn. You couldn't even look. You know what I'm saying? Cause I, and I, I felt so bad for him. So, you know, I mean, Celtics would probably still be a, a, you know, two, maybe three seeds still. You know what I mean? I, I don't see. I think overall they still have a good squad. We got to see what Tatum's going to do. This is another, that's another player that can step up from this, mm-hmm. from uh, Hayward being out. You know, um, so yeah, Hayward, the young guys, the young guns, they're gonna have to step up. This is this is if I'm if I'm Brad Stevens. You know, next man up, Jalen Brown and Tatum. You know, y'all gonna have to prove y'all worth coming in this this coming in this season, man. I know we just got started, but hey, you gotta put the you in the NBA. You gotta put them pressure on them boys, man. Let them do so. Yeah, it's unfortunate from um, Haywood, man. I mean, you know, he, he's you know, it's he's a type of player where he's like a good guy. It's not like he's like a bad guy or anything right. like that. So it's like you know, he's not a dirty player or he never say anything malicious to anyone. So you know, it's just unfortunate to see that happen to, to a player like him. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? Uh, like I said, man, the game was you know just a few minutes in, and and he goes down. I, how how does this shape up for the Celtics? How do you think this shapes out for the Eastern Conference? Mm. It's uh, it's unfortunate, man, because I was really looking forward to seeing how Brad Stevens integrated Hayward into the offense with Kyrie. And unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to see that. I think that, well, I mean, uh, it's going to impact them offensively a little bit. Um, we've seen Stevens. The good thing about Stevens is that um, we've seen as a coach, he's managed to get offense out of out of players. So um, I don't think it's going to be that big of a loss for him. Um, but I think it impacts their ability to get to the finals. Uh, possibly mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference Finals, but um, it was gruesome. It was one of those things that you just can't predict. It just happens, and it goes to show you how quickly a season can be turned upside down. I feel bad for the brother, man, and I, I root for a speedy recovery, and I hope that he comes back for the Celtics. They needed an- another go-to guy on that team outside of uh, Kyrie. And that's what he was going to bring to them. Now it's back to Kyrie and Cole. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But, um, yeah, it's unfortunate, man. 
Yeah, I, I echo those sentiments, man. Um, speedy recovery to Gordon Hayward. Um, you, you hate to see anybody go down. Uh, you, you definitely hate to see somebody go down, particularly before they even got a really got a chance to shine. Um, you know, there was a lot of anticipation for this game, obviously with, you know, Kyrie coming back to Cleveland. Um, you know, I watched the pregame intros. They booed the hell out of him. <laughs> and, um, you know, I didn't really see any, I didn't see any love or anything between he and LeBron before a tip off. Um, but, you know, that was, you know, one of the stories. And then, like you said, Ken, one of the other stories would be how he would be working into the lineup and, and well, not not just how he would be working to the lineup, but how Kyrie and, you know, Al Horford and Jalen Brown, as well as Hayward and Tatum, how all these guys would mesh because this team, you know, in essence, if I'm not mistaken, is only bringing back one starter from last year, and that's Horford. Um, you know, they've got guys who contributed last year, but, you know, the, the core of this team was shaken up. And we, we know the big names of Kyrie and and uh, Gordon Hayward. So, you know, really hate to see a guy like that go down. Like B said, a good guy. Um, it's unfortunate. And hopefully he can bounce back uh, and and get back with his teammates and get a chance to play. Uh, you know, just I, I've been watching NBA a long time. It's, it's rare to see somebody go down that quickly. Uh, and it, it was a gruesome injury. I'm, you, For those of you listening, I'm pretty sure by the time you hear this podcast, you would have seen at the very least pictures or uh video is not something it's not for the faint of heart. I'll put it like that. Um, so we'll see. So the best, you know, to him. Um, so let's, let's start right there with the NBA, man. Um, one question I want to throw to you guys and Ken, I'll start first with you. There's a sentiment that the season that, that, you know, everything is pretty much decided. Like, we should fast forward to, to, to June because it's going to be the Cavs and it's going to be the Warriors. This season is necessary. Tell the people that are listening why they should be tuning in to watch these basketball games, in your opinion, and we shouldn't be worried about fast forwarding to June. Well, so much happened in the off season mm-hmm. and rosters turned over a lot. We have stars teaming up with each other even more. We know Chris Paul is in Houston. We know Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. They're in, in OKC. We know Jimmy Butler is in uh, in Minnesota. Uh, Wade is in Cleveland. Irvin in 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 uh, in, in Boston. Uh, ben Simmons is back. Embiid is back. Fultz was the the number one pick. We got Lavar. I mean, not Lavar. <laughs> yeah, we got Lavar. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, Lonzo. We got Dennis Smith. Like there, there's a load of current talent and and a and a crap load of new talent that's poised to take over the NBA once these guys um, go out. And I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the Warriors will make it back to the finals. Um, because of the way the West is stacked. Um, I think the path will be a lot harder for them. While not, while, while they could, I mean, obviously they have Kevin, Kevin Durant. We know what they can do, but it won't be a cakewalk the way it has been in the past. And for me, I think with the storylines that we had in the offseason, with the storylines that kicked off before the game even tipped off, we had Bobby Portis knocking out one of his teammates in Chicago <laughs> and putting him out for indefinitely. 
Like, this is what the NBA uh-huh. brings to you. So it's a lot of drama that comes with the NBA. And I think we, we like, to me, the, the, the path to the finals, the path to the playoffs are always interesting. And if you follow more than just the high-profile teams, the Cavs, the Warriors, then there's a lot to pull from this. So for NBA fans, this is going to be a, a hell of a year um, for us. But for the casual fan, it, it may not be that entertaining. But I urge you to at least try and pay attention to more than just what is being pushed to you on a day-to-day basis. True indeed. True indeed. What about you, B? Uh, this season, you know, some of the pundits, some of the uh, what, I, what I call the um, haters, the some of the people who are, you know, not necessarily fans of NBA say, oh, well, we, we shouldn't care about the regular season because it's just going to be, you know, Cavs, uh, Warriors, uh, you know, again, uh, why should we be t- why should people tune in to watch this brand of basketball on a night to night basis? Um, because we possibly have some great NBA future stars that's coming in. Um, we hopefully we can probably see the finally emerge of Ben Simmons and Joel and D play together, which I think a lot of people been anticipating that. Um, just yeah, and like Ken said too, just all the moves being made. I'm, I'm interested to see Paul George, uh, Carmelo, and 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 Westbrook play together. You know, uh, Jimmy Butler over there back with his old coach, Coach Tibbs, over in Minnesota with with the young Gunners and and uh, and Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to see what Minnesota can. You know, now you're about to have a full season of DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis together. You know, um, can Kawhi Leonard take his game to a level from what we already saw last season? Like, he's mm-hmm. taking it up to, to another notch. Can he, can, he, can he take it up another notch this season? Um, and, th- and will this season be the year where we start to see the decline of LeBron James? I know mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's getting older. He's been in the league. Well, this is 15th season now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, most wow. players, uh, when you hit when you hit. At least twelve or thirteen season, you started to decline. You know, we saw the great Carl Malone. I mean, you see all the greats that start to decline after a while. So, you know, will this be the season, or will this be the last season we see LeBron in like his in his in his clear prime, or will this be the the beginning of him in the decline mode? We start seeing his quote unquote old man game. Um, uh, it, it's a lot, man. D, you know, D Rose being there, D Rose getting another shot. This is probably gonna be the best chance that D Rose can win a championship. <laughs> you know, playing alongside LeBron. Um, yeah, man, this is a lot. The West CP3 over there with Houston, can they mesh well? Um, yeah, this is a lot, man. You, I mean, it's yes, I'm, I'm I'm with everyone else. It's like, yeah, Golden. I still think Golden State was is the favor to go back to to the finals and possibly win the finals again and repeat. Um, but it's just you want to see the journey. You want to see guys progress. You want to see who's gotten better, who's fallen off. You know, you want to, you know, LeVar Ball got L.A. Lakers talking again. Like, you know, I mean, Lonzo Ball. Well, yeah, LeVar too as well. But, <laughs> LeVar too. Lonzo Ball got, Lonzo Ball got L.A. talking again. We're going, we're going, you know, we're going to always be tuned in when they playing, you know, looking forward to Christmas Day games. It's, it's just it's a lot, man. I, I mean, you know, as a, as a basketball lover, you just, you have to appreciate this. Man, hey, for the casual fans, you have to go ahead. No, I was just I, I thought you were done. I think you, you kind of went out though. Um, no, I was just thinking about the LeBron uh comment because 
there was a breakaway. Uh, he had a, there was a fast break in this game where it looked like he was going to go up with one hand and dunk it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he pulled it back and had to lay it up. But I think he had a bad <laughs> I think he had a bad angle, but it was just funny because I know young LeBron or LeBron a couple of years still would have dunked it uh-huh. while going uh-huh. underneath the basket. It's that time, Ken. It's that time. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's that's what you're saying. It's that time. You you're saying that the father, father time is creeping in. Hey, man, also joining us now, man, is the homie FIFO. FIFO, man, what's up, Playboy? Yo, what it do, Kyle? Can't call it, man. Can't call it. We just we just uh, sitting here uh, chopping it up, man. Uh, since you just got on, want to bring you on. Uh, we, st- we, we started off by talking about the unfortunate, gruesome injury for Gordon Hayward. Uh, how do you think this play? I mean, of course, we don't know. We just know right now that it's fra- fractured. Um, we don't know a timetable as far as how he how long he will be out. But um, knowing what you know about him being out, how do you think this plays for not just he and the Celtics, but the rest of the Eastern Conference? Man, that joint is bet the opposite way. So right. he, he's going to be out a minute. Um, he, I, I think definitely it's going to be a season-ending injury. I have a friend in the medical profession, and when he saw it, he said he, he's definitely going to come back. Not this season, though. He's going to be out for the season. Mm. Um but I, I'm fine with it. You know why? Because it presents opportunity. And Boston was in a situation, in a position in the past several years to draft talent. And that's what they've been able to do. So all this provides is more playing time for the guys at Gordon Hayward's position, meaning Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to get a lot more playing time than initially anticipated. And that's not a bad thing for Boston. Because remember, Boston isn't playing necessarily – to win the chip this year. They want to develop that young talent around Kyrie as well, because Kyrie's only 24, 25, right? So by the time Kyrie starts to hit, you know, 27, 28, 29, these guys are going to be in their early 20s, and they're going to be even more of a – be in a, in a better position to be better contributors. But it, it all starts with playing time, and now they have that opportunity. I'm not worried for Boston. I think that this could be looked at as a blessing in disguise for the future development. And that's what it's about. That's what it has been about for the last three years, four years for Boston. It's all about the future while still being competitive now. So that, to me, their narrative, their identity does not change much. Obviously, they weren't able to acclimate Gordon Hayward to the offense or and or defense. So you don't know what he was going to bring. Mm-hmm. So now let's take that off the table. Let's insert our young guys and let's let's tell them let let's show them what what we need out of them. And I think it's a good opportunity for them. I think it, it tests Kyrie's leadership ability because already not playing in LeBron's shadow, you we knew that he had to step up as the guy, and now more so than ever. So I like the challenges that this brings to Boston in the long run, obviously in the short term, we thought, and I heard, <clears throat> I got on when, when, when I heard Ken talking about um, this could impact them making the Eastern conference finals. It definitely can, but we know that they're still a playoff team. We know that they're still going to be a tough out. And we know Brad Stevens is still one of the best head coaches in the NBA. So I am not worried about Boston at all. And I think for the casual fan, just overall, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm going into probably your, your next question, Kyle, but I think that they just need to pay attention to the league because there is, like Ken said, there's so much talent that you don't have to be a basketball fan 
to witness the talent. Mm-hmm. Just turn on the Bucks game. That boy Giannis jumps off. There, every team has at least one guy that jumps off the screen. That when you watch him, you're like, oh, <laughs> what right. is that? Have right. I ever even seen that yet? You know what I'm saying? Almost every team in the league, there's 30 teams. I guarantee you there's over 30 players that you could watch for the first time and be like, and just be blown away. Just hey, Ralph. What's up? You, you you heard what Kevin Durant said about the Greek freak? Uh, yeah, he said he should be the MVP. Yep. He like that. He was like, he was like, if that dude gets it, he's going to be scary. Yeah. He said, he said the same thing me and you've been saying about him. Yeah. Yeah. This dude, man, look, 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 I, look, I've been watching. I'm, I'm, I'm 33 years old. I ain't got no shame in that. Um, <laughs> I, I've been watching basketball since the age of six, man. Since the age of six, we're talking 27 years of basketball. I, I have yet to see, and I said this about KD, but I have yet to see somebody as long, as skillful, has such a good feel for the game, and it's only improving, right? Because oftentimes you see a player that has a knack for the game, and sometimes you don't see that, and it's hard. That's one of those skills that it's hard to teach, coach, and then, uh, and then apply. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, It's hard to do that. And we've seen Giannis be basically a nobody and just damn near be a point guard. Like, he has point guard feel to the game. I'm, and I'm not saying that he's LeBron in, in terms of a playmaker or nothing like that. I, I still don't think he's at that level. But the fact that he didn't have that initially, and now he's displaying that on a consistent basis. Man, look, Giannis, Giannis is de- he has the perfect nickname. His nickname fits him the best out of any player in the league, the Greek freak. This dude is literally a freak of nature, should be a damn center, but he's out here acquiescing like a point guard, but he's really a small forward powerful. This dude can do it. He can literally guard one through five. He can guard one through five. This dude, this dude's ridiculous. Ben Simmons, you guys have heard it on the last podcast. I, I He's the next guy up. Every team, I'm telling you, I've, I've yet to see a year in basketball that has – these many storylines and you know another thing too um i got off of espn yesterday this is the first time since 1970 something that no head coach was moved at all 30 nba wow. head coaches are still in place and the last time that happened the league only has 17 teams so 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 there you know like it, i'm just this i'm so excited i'm so happy yeah, I, w- I would agree with what, what each of you said. I think um, I think on a night-to-night basis, and we, we talked about this before on a previous podcast, I think on a night-to-night basis you can get, you know, you can see superstars and you can see relatively very good teams. Now, yeah, there, there's some there's some bad teams, and I, and I heard the, the TNT crew talking about it before uh, uh, the start of this game here, and they were talking about the – Barkley made reference to the fact that, you know, it may not be good for the league – uh, given the fact that he said, quote, there's two teams that, you know, can win it all. And then there's 28 bad, t- 28 teams that don't have a chance of winning a title. But, but um, it's I, always been like that, though. And that's my argument to that. Because Well, you know what? Bar- Barkley tried to make the case that, you know, teams were he, he's, he made reference that, you know, it's, it wasn't so much as, you know, the old guys hating or anything like that. And they referenced, you know, something that Michael Jordan said earlier this week about, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the super teams being bad or what have you. But what you have to understand, too, is that, you know, on a night-to-night basis, they're very competitive teams. 
No, I mean a team. Let's take a team like the Wizards. While none of us think that the Wizards could compete or beat Golden State or anybody out of the West, they could be a they could be a threat. To, and 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 here's the thing: when you watch the NBA, part of what watching the NBA during the regular season is to see the maturation from year to year to see the teams get better. You know, the one thing about the NBA that's different from the NFL or, or, or Major League Baseball is that there's not going to be any team that's just going to come out of nowhere. You know, the teams that are good have been good probably for the last couple of years, you know, except for ones barring, you know, that, that have had any injuries. But for the most part, you know, the, the teams that are good have been good for the last couple of years. So, you know, you want to see the younger teams get better. You want to see the veteran teams, you know, like the Celtics or like the, or, or take a team like, like you said, the Bucks, a team that is on the cusp of greatness and then you you got to keep in mind that they they didn't even have Jabari Parker. So on a on a Tuesday night in January, yeah, that's a team that you want to watch. You know, so it, it's not necessarily. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, we want to see what OKC looks like. We want to see what Golden State looks like. We want to see what you know San Antonio looks like. But at the same time, I think on a night night basis, you know, more so than any other time, I think in the NBA history, or at least for as long as I've been watching the NBA. And FIFA, I'm a little bit older than you. I've been watching basketball since 1980. On a night to night basis, there are stars out there, and you know, I think anybody that doesn't see the relevancy of some of these teams and and the value in these teams. And, you know, maybe you, you, you see what you want to see. You know what I mean? It's not like I can't convince you otherwise. But, no, this there's a reason why that we're going to play this this 82-game season. And it's going to be a good regular season. Trust me when I tell you that. And there's a lot of new faces and new places. And I think, you know, part of the appeal on a night-to-night basis is, is seeing that. So I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we you, for those of you listening – the four of us are very excited about the NBA being back. We love we love our sports, but we definitely love the NBA being back and it's you know back in its form and, and it's it's going to be a great season. Um, so let's get to it, man. Um, I guess the first question I want to throw out to you guys, uh, and I'll start first with you, FIFO. OKC, how legit are they a threat to the Warriors? One thousand percent legit. One thousand okay. percent legit. One thousand. Let me say that one more time for the people that didn't hear me. 1,000% legit. Look, we're talking about a motivated mellow <clears throat> coming off of the hoodie mellow offseason. We're talking about Paul George, which that has something to prove because obviously on the biggest stage he's been on, he, he has gone at LeBron, the best player in the NBA, and, and, and he's held his own. Uh, so we know he can hold his own against anybody. And Russell Westbrook probably has the biggest chip on his shoulder out of any basketball player I've probably ever seen play. So, yes, they are 1,000% a threat. Now, am I saying that they're definitely going to beat them? No, nah, 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 nah. Hey, look, a, t- a, a team constructed like Golden State, I, I, look, look, I have some basketball uh, uh, reference and knowledge my damn self. I, I'm not going to count them out. But OKC, I think, is the biggest threat to Golden State mainly because of matchups. When I look at the matchups, I like what OKC can bring offensively and defensively. Where OKC loses some of that steam against Golden State is when they go to the bench. I don't know how OKC is going to produce the points necessary to, st- to keep up 
with <laughs> Golden State's bench. Obviously, you can, you know, kind of help that with coaching, with rotations. You'll pull PG out early or Melo out early and then let one of those guys play with the second unit, you know, so that way you have a focal point on that, uh, on, on, on offense. Um, but at the end of the day, Golden State is a legit 10 to 12 people deep. And all those guys can get buckets. So I see that's I see that as the biggest problem. But I, I love the matchup, and I can't wait till we see it because it, it needs to happen. I, I don't know what round, I don't know when or where, but it needs to happen. We need to have that matchup in the playoffs. True indeed, true indeed. What about you, B? Uh, how legit a threat are they to the Warriors? Wait, hold on, B. I, I, I tell you this: this boy Jason Tatum is a, is a threat. This, I know y'all watching again. Jason Tatum is a threat. <laughs> good. Good. I think they do pose a threat. Um, just based off the starting five, if you just match starting five versus starting five, there 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 are some matchups there, man. Some interesting matchups you got there with OKC posing a threat to Golden State Warriors. This is my situation: is once you get to the bench, then it's like okay, 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 okay. Then reality sinks in. But I still think you know if a focus uh, mellow and a focus Paul George. We already know what Russell Westbrook is going to bring. Mm-hmm. I think three of those guys can 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 really push the Warriors. I think they can. I think they can push them in in the seven game series, man. I think they're going. It's going to be some games to where like you know come down to a couple of plays. We could be talking about a different type of series, type of you know. That's how I feel like OKC can put a, pose a threat against um, Warriors. So yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. If, if Melo, if Melo show that hoodie, Melo. Man, like, because <laughs> you, you already got a couple guys that that can that can defensively, you know, guard some wings. And uh, what's my man Robertson? You got him. Um, who else? They, who else? The Warriors. I mean, who else? OKC got that can like guard. I mean, Paul George is kind of committed on the defensive end. He's not, you know, Melo is nowhere near as committed on defensive end like Paul George. But you got someone like Paul George who's committed on the defensive end. So. He doesn't mind, you know, stepping out, checking. I mean, hell, he guarded LeBron for an entire quarter. So he, I mean, he, 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 he has stepped up for the challenge. So I don't know, man. I, I think I do think OKC can pose a little threat uh, against the Warriors, man. I would, I would be looking forward to seeing a matchup like that. I, 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 I hey, look, I have my miles and yak ready and deck. <laughs> what about you, Ken? Uh, how how big a threat is this OKC team to uh, Golden State? I think it's legit. Look, we saw what Westbrook did without talent. He took him to the playoffs. Now you give him two guys that can go get their own shot, two all-stars, two legit superstars, you know, in, in the league. And now it's up to Westbrook. Like, and, and Westbrook, can you figure out how to make this all happen? Because now you got a guy – and can you mature into like a, a leader? Because you signed a two hundred million dollars something contract, so you're there to stay. Mm-hmm. And you know, for you, this is a golden opportunity to dethrone the Warriors. Um, we know Melo fourth quarter. We know what he can do. What he's been doing his whole career. We've seen Paul George go toe to toe with LeBron. Um, so we already know what them boys going to bring uh, night in and night out. And they're just looking for a, a, an opportunity. Paul George has been to these conference finals. You know, so he's going to give it his all, give it his all just to go to the finals. But for me, um, it's all going to fall on Billy Donovan, man. <laughs> he. Hey, you're not going to let Billy Donovan off the hook. 
he he's the threat. He's the the threat to this team. Um and so he's the weak link, Ken? I think he is. I, why? I really do. Why why is he the weak link? Billy Donovan has to me proven that um he can't he to me I don't see any I don't think he can coach. I don't think he has a, a, a wow. legit offense. Yeah, I don't think he has a legit offense. I think for me, his success, like he he didn't bring anything different to that team um, that that Scott Brooks didn't already have. Like I didn't see anything. You up three so, one, yeah. So then, so then, are you saying that Scott Brooks can't coach either? I'm saying that. Well, you know what? I don't know, FIFA. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think I think he he landed in a situation where he had two legit superstars. Like you don't have to do that much coaching. Like as much flack as I gave Steve Kerr, you know, in the beginning, I, I see coaching now. Like this dude is legit out there. There coaching. Popovich is legit out there coaching. You know, Scott, um, not Scott Brooks. Well, Scott Brooks and Billy Donovan. It's like I got KD and I got Westbrook, <laughs> and, and and that's all I need. But now you got pieces. That you got to actually create an offense for, and you got to make this work. And not only that, you have to, you know, control these guys and 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 lead these guys. It's the same thing I, I see with um with with uh with the Cavs. What's up? Cause I hear you breathing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, so I I think sometimes right, like in basketball, especially when you have individual talents such as PG and Carmelo, it's hard to cre- create a system out of nowhere if you don't already have principles and philosophies that you already believe in, right? So <clears throat> sometimes what you do, and we've seen this with Cleveland, we've seen this with all of the LeBron teams outside of the ones that uh, I would say second year in in Miami, where where you put players in certain spots, you run certain sets to get certain guys, certain looks, right? And the rest of it, you just, you just play ball. Like you don't have to have a whole bunch of plays, right. For, for you to play good basketball. Sometimes you just need to know where people are and not every coach has a system, you know, and sometimes a system can actually hurt you as D'Antoni. Sometimes you have to be able to cater to the talent you have on the roster versus saying, this is my system and this is how we're going to play, right? So I just think that with Billy Donovan, the fact that you said that there wasn't any drop-off, I think that has to give him props because he came straight from college and then for him to be able to communicate to grown professionals, right? Like some of these guys... <clears throat> have been in the league longer than Billy, Billy Donovan has been a coach at, at, at Florida. You know what I'm saying? So so for him to be able to command that respect, for him to be able to not have a drop-off, maybe not improve it, but not have a drop-off says something, Ken. And, and, and while I'm with you, I do think that Billy Donovan is the weak link because now he definitely has to show and prove. You know, like not, not, now, now there, 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 there are no excuses. You've been mm-hmm. in the league for several years. You've coached the MVP. You have two rough riders now. What are you going to do? Now, now, now what are you going to do? You, would you, you have the experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Would you say that Paul George, while he isn't quite replacement level KD, he's close? Yeah. You, we're talking about replacing the second best small forward with a top five small forward. Like, how, how much better can you do? If you lose KD and you say you can't get Bron or Kawhi, 
but you got Paul George. How much better can you do? Is there somebody higher on that list than Paul George? Because obviously, to me, LeBron is the best small forward. The second best small forward is KD. The third best small forward is Kawhi. I, I, I'm saying PG the next guy. So, so that so, so, so yeah so yeah. So that got you to so KD Westbrook got you to the Western Conference Finals. You lose KD, you make the playoffs. You lose in the first round, but you had leads, but you didn't have anybody else. And Westbrook got tired, so he couldn't close. But now you <laughs> get replacement level or almost replacement level KD, and you add to that. Mm-hmm. So now with Melo, so now it's like finals. <laughs> yeah, what like 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 the expectation for this team has to be Western Conference Finals. Minimum. Minimum. Because, look, they have to be licking their chops, looking at the rest of the Western Conference. Who else outside of Golden State has more perennial All-Stars than OKC? Nobody. Not not, not Houston. Not, not, not New Orleans. Not San Antonio. Nobody else in that Western Conference has more guys than OKC. That is the expectation. You have to play against Golden State and you have to play to beat them. And mm. they have guys that I believe are mentally tough to beat them. I just question their overall depth because we know we've seen it several years now. There is no drop-off on Golden State's bench, even if they no. take, off, take off all of the five starters. There's no drop-off. These guys play the same type of style. They hit shots. Sometimes they hit tough shots. It, it's just it's a tough brand of basketball to defend or 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 to be mentally tough against because you can have these guys and I told we we sat we we've gone and watched finals together. I've told you guys a twenty point lead against Golden State is nothing. You better have these guys down 35, 40 points if you're gonna beat them because you can think that you're mentally tough and we have a lead and think about it three threes and three stops is nine points. They don't cut your 20-point lead to 11. And how long does it take them to get stops and three-pointers and fast break? Hmm. We're, we're talking probably less than a minute of true actual, actual get, uh, play time. And they don't cut your 20-point lead to 11, almost a half. Like, it takes a special type of basketball player to be able to withstand the barrages that Golden State gives. If you can withstand the barrage, then you have a chance. And I think that the way, and I think um, Carmelo is, I don't know, does he still own the record for most points scored in a quarter, or did Clay beat that? I think Clay got him on that. Okay. But either way, you got the second guy in NBA history to score the second most points in a quarter. Like, look, man, you got a guy that has proven to guard his position and get buckets at his position. And PG, and we already know Mr. Triple Double. Like, like, look, there's no reason for Russ not to average a triple double. He should average another one. These guys ain't gonna take away from that. He doesn't need to score as much, but he's still gonna get rebounds and assists. He should get more assists. This, this is going to be a scary team for Golden State. I just, I think in one year, it's tough to ask Billy Donovan and company to beat Golden State. I also think it's tough to assemble a roster top to bottom player one through 12 to beat Golden State in one year. Now, if they have success, 
then it's going to be interesting to see what they add to this roster. And I think once they're able to add to this roster, then I would, I would be more confident in saying that they can beat Golden State. But as presently constructed, I still give Golden State the edge. I, I think uh, I think OKC is legit. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see how the three stars mesh. Um, I think the biggest adjustments probably will be with Paul, George, and... Westbrook, uh, because they'll have to adjust their games. I think the the, the most. Um, Carmelo, you know, he Carmelo is a we we know what kind of shooter he is. We know what kind of player he is, you know. But he he is over these last couple of years, he's kind of taken a backseat to you know he took a backseat to KP Kristaps uh, Porzingis in New York. So I don't think he necessarily has a problem taking a backseat to these two guys. Um, I think you know it's going to be interesting to see how. It works for Westbrook and Paul George, but Westbrook, having had KD beside him, is used to playing alongside a star. Paul George hasn't had that. So I think Paul George may be the the one who has to adjust the most, if you will. Um, but I'm interested in seeing that team. Uh, they're a legitimate threat, but they can, I mean, in the seven-game series, they're not beating, okay? They're not beating Warriors. Um, you know, obviously, <laughs> we got to say boring injury. Um yeah, they're not beating them because Golden State is just too deep. But I'm interested to see how this team develops and plays, meaning OKC. And it goes back to what Ken said, coaching. You know, can Billy Donovan put a team on the floor? We we know – take a guy like Andre Roberson, uh, very talented, you know, great defender, but he can't shoot. You know, so – Teams are going to dare him to shoot. And, and you know, what are you going to do when, when that happens? You know, how will you make your adjustments and things of that nature? And we already know what Golden State does, you know, from a, from a coaching philosophy and how they play basketball. But, um, yeah, to answer the question, no, they are a legitimate threat. Uh, but in a seven game series, mm, nah, they're not going to beat them. Uh, uh, as far as Houston, Ken, did not getting Carmelo Anthony hurt Houston or did it help? Um, I don't think it hurt Houston. Um, I think that'll be fine. I think with um, Chris Paul, we I mean, we know what that guy, that guy is a floor general. That's what he does. And um, he, he's a he's a fourth quarter guy, too. So when the game is on the line, you, you can turn to him. Same thing with Harden. But I think more importantly, um, where, where it helps him is in, in the playoffs because we've seen Harden just fall apart in the playoffs and Chris Paul, uh, typically won't fall apart in the playoffs like that. Now we know about the lead that they blew, but, uh, but, you know, that was, I, you know, I don't know what happened when the Clippers lost that 3-1 lead to the Rockets and then lost that, um, that commanding lead that they had. But, um, but nevertheless, um, no, I don't think that, Losing out on him hurt them. It didn't help, but um, I think they'll still be fine. Now, um, actually, when I think about it, where it did hurt him is that it it, it gave <laughs> it gave OKC another weapon. So if you want to look at it that way, then yeah, you can say that it hurt them because it, it brought another legit star player into the West on a team that already had Paul George. So it increased the competition level in the West, but, um, but outside of that, no, nah, I think they'll be straight. What about you B? Um, did not getting Carmelo hurt, uh, Houston or not? Um, it would have been, it'd have been, yeah, I ain't gonna say it might hurt him, but if they would have got Carmelo, man, I think 
just for on paper, I think that was a that was a better fit for Melo because you already had a couple of good, you know good perimeter defenders and guard defenders and Chris Paul and Trevor Reza and and Nene like just like guys that that's going to play defense. You add you know you add CP three who can get Melo in his spots, man, and then you already got Harden too, so you got two guys that's willing to pass, and then you got the floor general CP three. You know, Melo, hey, look, all you got to do, kind of the same situation when, when, when he signed, re-signed that deal with New York. It was like, man, if he didn't went to Chicago, you know, at that time with the MVP, Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah, Gibson, Jimmy Butler. Like, we were like, damn, Melo, all you had to do was just get buckets. And mm-hmm. I think this is kind of like almost the same situation with Houston. So um, I don't think it's going to hurt them. They're they still going to be top three team in the Western Conference, more than likely. Um, they're going to be up there. But if they would have got Melo, man, ooh, that would have been that been a nice addition because you know even the same situation he's at at OKC with the last and I like I y'all know I love Melo's game, right? But even even though in the past two seasons I always I say he's not the man no more. Like if Melo is like that second or third guy, that's a great situation, and that's what he is at OKC. He's the third guy. If he was going to Houston Rockets, he would have been that third guy. Less pressure on Melo to be the man because I just don't think he's – at this part of his career, he's not the man no more. So, yeah, man, I think if he didn't went to Houston, man, woo, we would have been – we have been talking about them being the, the – can they challenge Golden State Warriors instead of OKC saying that. True, true indeed, true indeed. What about you, FIFO? Um, you know, th- this this thing is, is, you know, wide open, if you will. Um, and we, we saw it being wide open this summer and, you know, for all indications, it looked like Carmelo was headed to Houston and then he did not make it there. Um, so did that help or hurt them? Obviously it hurt them. Um, when you don't accumulate talent and I think Daryl Morey said it the best, you know, this is an arms race and I need to get weapons and Mm -hmm. Carmelo is one of the ultimate weapons still in the NBA. Excuse me, from an offensive standpoint, he still is. He still gets buckets. He's still a beast on the block. He still has three-point range. He still has a crazy first step, you know, that you have to respect. So so it, definitely it hurts Houston not having him. Um, but to me personally, just my basketballness tells me that the best fit overall would have been Portland uh, for Carmelo. So if you want to, you know, talk about the hypotheticals, I think Portland was the best fit. Houston obviously was a good fit as well, um, especially with Ryan Anderson playing the four, Clint Capella at the five. You, we're talking about a complete team. I like him at the four. At at this stage in his career, I think he's more of a, a, a mismatch at the four. You know, ever since... He played on that first Olympic team. You know, I, I, I remember all of the pundits saying, oh, you know, he's more of a European for this, that, whatever. And now that we're playing small ball, what realistically, at the four, if we think about all of the power forwards in the West, Draymond can't guard this guy. Blake Griffin can't guard this guy. LaMarcus Aldridge? Oh, my God. Carmelo's going to have a field day at the four position. Now, can he get got with some of the bigger fours? Of course. But, I'll look, I'll take my chance having Carmelo defend a LaMarcus Aldridge versus LaMarcus trying to defend him all day. Okay. You, Pop is going to have to pull him out because he can't guard Melo, and that's going to be a problem. And I think that's going to be a major problem for a lot of teams. I, I, I like Melo. I like Melo where he's at. Um, you know, everything happens for a reason. Houston could have used him, but I like him better than OKC. Yeah, I think, um, obviously, like you said, it's an arms race. I, I think – 
he, you know, obviously had his heart set on going to uh, Houston. Um, does it hurt him? I guess it hurts him in a sense because they didn't get him. Um, and my, my question would have been, and the question was all summer, you know, what, what are you going to give up to get him? Um, and, uh, but, but I think, I think he probably fits just as good. Uh, cause I think like, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, he, he can, can and will accept his role. So I think it'll be okay for Melo. So it doesn't hurt yet. Yeah, it hurt because you're not getting a 20 point, 20 plus point score in, in Carmelo Anthony. But, um, I think the Rockets will still be okay. Um, now, I know we touched on it a little bit earlier, uh, obviously with the Gordon Hayward injury. Uh, so I want to throw this out to you guys anyway, and I'll start first with you, B. Uh, Boston, Cleveland, is this – how likely is this to happen? With, with And let, let's assume at this point that Hayward is done for the season. How likely is Boston, Cleveland, Eastern Conference Finals? Um. If, you had, if you had to put a percentage on it. I would say about 70% because, you know, I'm still not sold on Toronto. Um, I think Milwaukee's going to get a little better, but I don't think they're there just yet. Um, who else I'm forgetting? Washington. Washington maybe can pose a threat. I think John Wall and them, you know, he's even more focused this season than last season. Um, I think he got a Kobe Bryant challenge too uh, during his off season when Kobe Bryant was tweeting, was tweeting players like different challenges he was giving them, um, and I think he gave John Wall a chance. I forgot what it was. I could be wrong. I remember he was doing it, but um, yeah, Washington. But after that, after Washington, Toronto, Milwaukee, like, I mean, nobody. I mean, Pistons, no. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm being, being real. Right. Orlando, no. I know. no. Um, Atlanta, no. I mean, no, yeah, Atlanta, I say, hell no. Yeah, so I would say seventy to about seventy-five percent chance that we're still going to see us Boston and Cleveland Cavaliers Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, even with even with Gordon Hayward out. All right, FIFA. Uh, same question. Assuming that Hayward is out for the season, at, and at this point, at the time of this recording, we don't know. We do know that he has a a uh, fractured ankle. Um, you know. How likely, if you had to put a percentage on it, how likely is it that we see a Boston Celtics, Cleveland Cavalier Eastern Conference final? I'm with B. Um, I'm, I'm at 70 percent, um, mainly because when I look at the other teams, I, I just I don't know if I believe in their identity as much as I believe what Boston's identity is going to be, because they still have to forge their own identity. But when I look at Washington, right. Um, again, I'm not a big fan of Scott Brooks. I think he is a hell of a coach, a defensive coach. Um, he could definitely get those guys on that point. But even now in Washington, what is their offense? It's John Wall creating. You know, obviously he is uh, one of the best uh, playmaking pure point guards in the NBA. But still, what, 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 what do we see when we read between the lines when we watch Washington? I don't like what I see. Um in terms of Toronto, I don't believe in Toronto. I don't believe in their talent. Um, DeMar DeRozan, heck of a guy, heck of a basketball player, but I, I just I don't believe he has enough dog in him to be like, I'm better than you. Um, and, and, and it shows in his comments um, how he plays against LeBron. You know, Paul George, <clears throat> you know, in his mind, he better than LeBron. Because the way, the way he attacks LeBron, he believes that he is better than LeBron James. DeMar DeRozan does not believe that. Never was a fan of Kyle Lowry. 
I think Kyle Lowry's a little weak, and I think he's a bit overrated. Um, who else? What, what other team? Uh, Milwaukee, again, I, I obviously love Greek Freak. I just I don't know if that's enough. I, I don't know if that's enough to, to, to be a top-tier team um, in the playoffs. And even though Boston is young, again, I think Brad Stevens is a young Popovich, and he makes up for a lot of that because of what he teaches, how he teaches it, and the style of play that he wants his team to play. And on top of all of that, they went and got themselves the most clutch player in NBA and Kyrie Irving. So if they were able to do what they did last year with not nearly the offensive weapons that they have this year, and we're talking adding, you know, even though Isaiah Thomas averaged the most fourth quarter points out of any player in the NBA, would you say that he's more clutch than Kyrie? I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I ain't going to say that. So, so, so if Brad Stevens can put Kyrie in a similar situation as IT, I'd I'd take Kyrie all day. So, uh, to me, it's Boston. Boston is the second-best team, hands down, in the East. And, you know, we'll see it. We'll we'll see how these guys continue to develop. But I'm at 70%. I'm right with B. Ken, what about you? Um, I'm I'm higher than both of them, man. I think it's pretty much a guarantee. Um, There's no competition in the uh in, in the east that I see right now um you know uh, I, I mean when I look at the field wizards bucks raptors hornets sixers hawks pacers bulls come on man like, <laughs> it's going it's going to be the Celtics I mean these guys are going toe to toe right now so um so right. yeah I, I, more than likely I think it's going to happen so um so yeah I, I think it's 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 it's, a, it's pretty much a given yeah, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go eighty percent. I think it's for the same reason you said and B and and, and FIFO said. Um I, I just don't when you look at the landscape, uh, yeah, are there teams that could, you know, step in the way? I, I like that Milwaukee team. Um, you know, the Wizards have been there and been knocking on the door the last couple of years. I don't trust Toronto at all. Never have, never will. Um so yeah, I, I think it but I think what this injury does, assuming that Hayward is out for the year is that maybe, you know, in the off season, maybe we said we're looking at a, 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 a classic seven game series between, um, you know, these two teams, I, you know, they could get swept. I don't know. Um, but it, again, there's a lot of stuff that has to happen. Obviously we're dealing in hyperbole because we don't know the severity of the injury. We do know that, uh, Gordon Hayward's ankle is broken, um, excuse me, his leg is broken and we don't know how long he'll be out. I'm sure by the time, probably in the next few days, we'll know, maybe by the time this podcast airs, we'll know exactly about, you know, his, his time being out. Um, let's move down to, let's, 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 let's talk about some of these younger teams. Um, B, as far as some of the younger teams, and we talked about the, this a little earlier, uh, the younger teams, the Sixers and the Timberwolves, how good can these two teams be? Uh, I mean, both teams are they they can definitely be playoff teams. I I even think the Sixers can be a playoff teams because just the simple fact the East is just so whack. I mean, you know, it's just I think in, in the East you can win. You probably win about forty, probably half of your half of the games this season and still be a playoff team in, in the East. Possibly thirty eight, thirty nine, and still make the playoffs. And I can I definitely see the Sixers pulling off 
anywhere between 35, possibly, if they if stay healthy. If Joel and D can play like about 70 games, 65 to 70 games, and Ben Simmons can give me a whole full season along with everyone else being healthy, yeah, I can definitely see Sixers winning 35 to 40 games and being a, a seven seed or a seed in the, in the playoffs um, coming this upcoming season. Same thing with Timberwolves. I can see Timberwolves being – Anywhere between five to seven seed. Um, five might be pushing a little bit. I might be being too nice. But um, if, if those boys play today, what well, we think they can play to, they potential. If Andrew Wiggins step it up another notch, we already know Butler's coming in full intensity mm-hmm. to win. Now he's with his familiar coach again. And then, you know, Anthony Towns is just getting better and better. He's going to be beasting. So, yeah, um, I can see Timberwolves. Like I said, both teams being in the playoff playoff. I'm I'm really excited to see what those two teams are going to do this year. Both and then they both in separate conferences too. So you right. know, with Philly in the East, with all the excitement now, with you know everyone's finally getting to see Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid play together, and then you got Fultz, and you know a lot of those other guys that that stepped up last year. Man, it's exciting. It's an exciting time, man. So I I can't wait to check it out. But yeah, playoff teams for both of them for sure. If if, if granted, everyone stay healthy. True indeed, true indeed. What about you, Ken? Uh, Sixers and T-Wolves, man. Uh, how, what, what does the future look like for these two teams? Uh, playoff teams. Uh, okay. I think so, man. I, I think, you know, Towns, Wiggins, um, Butler's over there in, in Minnesota. Uh, they got uh, uh, Thibodeau. So um, they have the pieces in place to definitely um, compete for a, uh, for a playoff spot. And um and yeah, and I think they actually will actually get in the playoffs. Uh same thing with the Sixers, man. Um very, very young, but extremely, extremely talented. And um if if Ben Simmons is everything that FIFO say he is, then I, and and with the way the East is down and with Embiid's uh, superior talent, then oh yeah, they they should definitely be in, in the playoffs, uh uh, this year too. So yo Ken, yeah, Ben Simmons is everything I said plus more. Okay, right, we'll see, man. <laughs> plus more. <laughs> what what else is there? Hey, look, just watch. I'm, I'm gonna just sit back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just All let right. you enjoy. Just, just the same way we saw Braun come in twenty five five first game. Whoa, 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 slow down, Cowboy. You said just like LeBron? Come on, FIFO. Hey, didn't I say the last podcast that this is the guy that the NBA is going to hand over? He's going to be the new face of the league. I'm telling you. Okay. (laughs) I've I've had to wait a year for this, so I'm I'm in. I I can't wait. I can't wait. It's a hell of a passer, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I can't wait to see him, but I won't go that far. I remember LeBron's rookie year. You got to think this dude is 6'11". I know. Yeah, but he also missed the year of basketball, too. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, I know. I feel you. Yeah, because I'm, I'm yeah, the same way with MD. If, 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 if Joel only plays 20 games, I'm, I'm labeling him Sam Bowie, Greg, Greg Oden. You care. know what, B? That's, that, that's my concern. And this, I think, I think the, as we mentioned earlier, I think they have a legitimate shot, a really, really good shot at making the playoffs, particularly in the East. Um, but that's my concern for the Sixers. And I found while it had been rumored, I guess they confirmed it today that, you know, Embiid is going to be on a, a minutes limitation, you know, a, a minutes restriction. So, you know, he won't be able to be playing. He won't be out of there 30, 32 minutes a game. Um, I think the coach said initially, you know, his, 
Okay, wow. Um, his minutes are going to be like in the teens. So, you know, I don't know if that is to increase over a period of time, but um, I'm interested in seeing these sixes, man. I want to see the young guns play and, and see what they're capable of. Uh, same for the T-Wolves. This T-Wolves team looks they're – now they're in the West, so making the playoffs a little bit harder – uh, but I think they could probably get in as a seven and eight seed. Uh, Jimmy Butler back with Tom Thibodeau. I, I like that move as well. Um, for me, man, I, I'm in line with everybody. He believes that Minnesota has added enough veteran leadership to take that team to the next level. Um, last year with Zach Levine, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, and Andrew Wiggins, they, they, they had – three guys under the age of 21 averaging over 20 points. It just wasn't enough. And I think that that's going to be part of the issue that Philly is going to face is knowing how to close teams out. At the end of the day, the NBA is full of veterans that have been there, done that. And if you are young and inexperienced, what do you draw on to close out teams? I think that's going to be their Achilles heel outside of health uh, for obvious reasons. And, Obviously, Joel Embiid's minutes will increase if he stays healthy. Um, so, so going back to, to, to Minnesota with the additions of um, man, what the hell is this? I hit. Why did it just come and go that quick? What's the powerful Todd Gibson with with the additions of Todd Gibson, Jimmy Butler, and uh, Jeff Teague? Those three veteran guys are playoff tested. They have been there, done that. They know what to draw from. And now you round up that starting lineup with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, two out of the three young people that that that, that they had last year. So now moving, um, what's that other big? He came from Louisville, uh, Gorgie Jane. Now, moving mm. him to the bench, I think, is a big move for them because, obviously, this guy is versatile. He's as big as Cat and uh, Taj, has a 15- to 18-foot jumper, reliable shot blocker, defender, and you don't need to run plays for him. Just run, pick, and roll. He'll, he'll, he'll get his. I like what they have, and I definitely think if they reach their potential, they can be as high as a three seed, but I have not seen that in preseason. I have not seen them click on all cylinders. So I'm going to reserve them more so in a five to eight seed because uh, it is the wild, wild west. Now, in terms of Philly, you know, I've been on Philly's bandwagon ever since they drafted Joel Embiid. Um, I've been saying that they've made all the right moves. Obviously, now they have accumulated the talent. Now they just have to move the talent and cultivate it and, and get it to a place where now they can compete. Um, again, I like the addition of J.J. Redick, uh, a wily veteran out here trying to get his dough, get your money. Uh, but he adds something that they desperately need because Ben Simmons can't shoot. Joel Embiid can shoot, but you're not wanting him to take five threes a game. Um, Markel Fultz is a, you know, his jumper is questionable, right? He's a rookie. Um, they have talent, but they, 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 they just need certain things. And, because they're in the East, it's going to afford them an opportunity to win games that they probably have no business winning. They'll win enough, I believe, to make the playoffs, but I believe they are a first-round exit. Now, I do reserve my right to change that opinion based off of how great great Ben Simmons is playing. Okay, okay. We'll see. Yeah, Yeah, I'll see how he threw that in there, right? Hey, because, look, I know he's going to play good no matter what. 
but how great we like I don't know how great because I don't know if he's going to be able to just galvanize the team and just put him on his back and literally be the new magic Johnson slash LeBron slash whatever else he is. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to reach that level this year. Mm-hmm. But if he does, then I definitely could see them winning in the first round, depending on their seating and who they're playing. Like to me, I, I I think that, and this sounds crazy, but I think that Philly has more talent than Milwaukee. If Philly and Milwaukee see each other in the first round, and Ben is playing like I I think he can play, I'm taking Philly. Wow. 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 I'm I'm looking forward to seeing these two teams, you know, like I said, square off and, and go against some of the bigger and better teams in the league. Uh, you know, they're going to be rough nights, man. But but these are particularly for those, especially those of you fans listening uh, who are casual NBA fans. These are two teams that you want to watch because they're going to grow right before your eyes. All right, man. So it's time for our predictions. If you listen to the, you've been rocking with dead end sports for the last few years. Every time we do our NBA, NBA preview, we do our predictions, rapid fire. Uh, so let's go around the room. Uh, B, I'll start first with you. Let's start first with the rookie of the year. Who do you have going for the rookie of the year? Is Ben Simmons up for rookie of the year? Yeah. He didn't play ben Simmons? Yeah. Okay. No, 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 you know what? No, no, no. I, I take that back. You know what? That, that's too easy. That's too easy. Uh, what's my man that played for, for Dallas? Uh, Dennis Smith. Yes. Yes. That dude. I got him. I got him going to be the surprise rookie of the year. Okay. 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 That dude got game, man. I, yeah, I like him. He's, he's fierce, dude. He's like, he's like a, a relentless guy. Like he's one of those guys that just do not take like Westbrook, man. Like just do not take plays off. He come at you full force all the time. Yeah, I, I agree, B. Um, that's that's my pick for Rookie of the Year as well, Dennis Smith. Uh, Ken, what about you? Who do you have for Rookie of the Year? Well, um, I'm I'm gonna go the easy route. Give me Ben Simmons, man. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at Ball. I looked at Smith. I looked at Folks. I, I think Ben Simmons uh, will will be the guy, and I can see a big uh, NBA push. Uh, for him to be out there, but it's so much talent, man. But I do like the Dennis Smith can ball, man. I like that pick, but man, I, I that just, dude can ball, man. He's just that not is. gonna get. He's not gonna get the publicity that he'll need to win. Yeah, I don't think Dallas gonna do much either, so I don't think they're gonna yeah. be winning enough for them to. But I don't know. I think his numbers might speak for themselves. And, it, and, and you got to remember too, is this is it's transitioning Dallas. You know, Dirk is getting older, and they're you know they have a youth movement going forward. So. What about you, FIFO? Uh, I think we already know, but <laughs> just for the record, uh, rookie of the year, Kyle Uncle. Kuzma. Now I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, what the hell? Yeah, I like him, but nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like him too. I, I definitely think he's going to be really good. Um, I if I have to pick a dark horse, obviously I'm picking Ben Simmons. But if I have to pick a dark horse, I'm taking Jason Tatum. Okay. Okay. Ooh, that's awesome. a good one. That's a good yeah, he, one. Nice, especially with hey, with, we're going down. That that could yeah. very well happen. All right. Um. So we got so we we got our votes in for rookie of the year. Okay. Now, Ken, I'll throw it to you. Coach of the year. Who's going to win coach of the year? Uh, Tom Thibodeau, Butler, Western Conference. Um, I think it's going to be prime for him to. Uh, oh, big shot. 
I think he's just prime. I mean, considering the competition in the West to get that team in the playoffs like that, yeah, man, I, I, I think he'll he'll uh, earn some props for what what he'll do this this year. Because if you look at last year, one of the things that Enfifo alluded to this, to this with the sisters, the Timberwolves had a lot of leads, a lot mm-hmm. of double digit leads and leads late, and they just will fall apart. Part partly because of their inexperience. Um, mm-hmm. They brought in the veterans now, and they'll be able to kind of guide them and help them pull out those wins um, and that that they should have had last year. Um, it was just a learning experience for them. But I think with the veteran leadership and, and being a year under uh, Thibodeau's um, coaching, I think it'll help, elevate, help them go to the next level. So I, I like him as coach of the year. Okay. What about you, B, coach of the year? Man, I'm still mad. My man's from the Blazers didn't win it last year. Um, I can't forget it. I forgot his name. The co- Blazers. Uh, Stocks. Yeah. yeah, man. I'm still mad. I, 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 uh, he should have won it last year. Just because of his comments on Trump, I'm going with Greg Pop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you took Greg the one spot out of my mouth. Greg Pop is the coach Greg of the year Pop. before the season even st- before the Spurs season even started. Yeah, I had him coach of the year. Okay, yeah. he is the coach of the year. Them statements he's been saying recently, coach of the year to me. I mean, yeah. I don't know why you can't even pick him as coach of the year. One hundred percent, B. I, I don't care if the Spurs don't win a game. Coach Greg Popovich gets if if Dead End Sports has a vote, hey, it's gonna be uh, Greg Popovich for me. <laughs> FIFA, who gets coach of the year for you? Billy Donovan. Oh hell no! <laughs> what? Ken, Ken's gonna fight you now. <laughs> no, I, I just I, because just because I think year over year improvement, I think that we're going to. Uh, I, I think it's gonna be a whole different squad. I think he's gonna get a lot of props for that. Now I'm not saying that he's gonna do the best job. Obviously, every year there's I think more deserving coaches of that award, but I just think based off of year over year performance, I think he's gonna get it. Okay, okay, okay. So there you have it, folks. There you have it. Well, our, our choices for coach of the year. All right. Um, sixth man. Uh, B, who wins your sixth man of year award? I'm going to go with Eric Gordon for sixth man of the year. FIFO, what about you? Uh, sixth man of the year. Um, I think it's probably going to be, I think it's going to come down between J.R. Smith and Marcus Smart. Okay. So you got to give us a pick. <laughs> you, you ah, um, I, I'm, I'm going to take J.R. I'm going to take okay. J.R. I think he's going to embrace the role. I know he didn't necessarily want it, but at the end of the day, you know, the man gets buckets. He's going to be on a championship contending team. I think they'll be. I, I think he's the one that's going to get it. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. What about you, Ken? Um, J.R. Smith, J.R. Smith, man. Uh, first of all, uh, he's upset with going to the bench in favor of um, Dwayne Wade, and um, it's a role. While while he's upset about it, it's a role that he's comfortable in and has exceeded in. Dude's so handshakes, dudes, man. Yes. <laughs> wow. So, um, so yeah, and I that, think, that might have been that might be the funniest. I'm sorry, Ken. <laughs> so yeah, I, and I think I think for for Cleveland, that's a perfect role for him, man, because they're gonna need that offense 
uh, coming off the bench and a guy that could easily get hot. So, yeah, I think J.R. Smith would be, be sixth man of the year. Okay. Um, I'm going Iguodala. I'm going Andre Iguodala. Like you said, championship team. Um, I think, uh, you know, J.R. Smith has a chance because he's going to be on a championship uh, caliber team as well. But I'm going to go Iggy. I'm going to go Iguodala. You know, they, they, he was one of their coveted free agents that they re-signed. So um, I, th- I think Iggy will bring the trophy home. Um, Defensive player of the year, give me Kawhi Leonard. All right. What about you, B? Yeah. I, I, has anyone ever won defensive player MVP before? Jordan was the last one. Jordan, wow. Jordan done it. Yeah. I, well, I think Kawhi can do it. I, I'm, I'm giving Kawhi defensive player of the year as well as MVP award. What about you, FIFO? Yeah, I think Kawhi is winning defensive player of the year this year. Yeah, I'm going Kawhi as well. Predictions on MVP. So, FIFO, I'll start right there with you. Who wins the MVP and why? Kyrie Irving. <laughs> okay. Why does Kyrie win? I think he's going to average the most points in the NBA. Uh, and I think he's going to finish with a top three, top four best overall record in the NBA. Okay. 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 What about you, Ken? MVP. Who wins and why? KD. I think it'll be KD. Um, I think... What he did last year will carry over to this year. People will remember, and people will pay attention. I think people will be over um, his weak move to the Warriors, leaving OKC after being up 3-1 and blowing that lead to go to the finals. Um, yeah, I think people will be over that now. It's like like they did with LeBron, man. Like they were, Everybody was mad at LeBron, you know, year one. And I mean, the difference is they lost. But what I'm saying is that as soon as LeBron won, he was everybody's favorite. Same, we saw that happen as soon as KD won the the title, and a lot of it was earned because of the performance he put on in the finals too. But um, but yeah, I think KD will win the MVP this year. All right, all right. What about you, B? Who wins MVP? I'm gonna go with Kawhi Leonard. Okay, okay. I think I think I think I think Kawhi's about to take his offensive game to another level this year. And I mean, defense. You know, we already know what he's going to bring defensively. He's still going to be that lockdown defender. But I just think his I think his scoring is just going to go going to go go up another notch. Yeah, I like um, I like Kevin Durant in this one. I think uh, I think based on well coming off the heels of you know his great performance in the finals uh i I just really see him taking it to the next level i think golden state you know is going to get out to a great start i you know i I don't i think this is a team that'll probably win probably 65 maybe 68 games this season um you know obviously barring injury um so yeah i I think it's going to be kevin durant's um his, his his crown, you know, uh, as far as the MVP is concerned. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. All right. So you want to talk about the game. Same old Cavs, dog. Like you have an 18-point lead, and then they just went. They just can buy a shot. Ugly, ugly, ugly offense in the third quarter. I think LeBron bailed him out. But Kyrie didn't close, and I'm kind of surprised at that. Um, he hit three big three-pointers. Um, and he got hot, but um, 
I really thought he was going to really take over the offense um, down the stretch for for Boston, even though they didn't really really need to. But I got to say, man, I, I think I think Boston is a legit threat, man. Brad Stevens got plays after plays after plays, and they really got themselves uh, back into the game um, after the the horrible injury to Hayward, and they look really good. If Luke can really put this thing together. I think that the Cavs have a legit shot. I mean, I think they have a legit shot at winning it all, but just looking at all the pieces that they have, like they have a lot of freaking pieces that they can use to interchange um, here and there. Um, and and it's going to be interesting to see. Let's not forget when Isaiah Thomas come back. Man, mm-hmm. yo. Like Derrick Rose had flashes where he looked like Derrick Rose. Um, Jeff Green, if he can get himself together and utilize the talent that he has, can be an impact yeah. player. Um yeah. Yeah, man, I, I I like what I saw with the Cavs a little bit early, but I can tell that they're still trying to kind of figure it out and figure out who they are. But when I thought that game was pretty much over, I got to give props to LeBron, man, because um, what he did in the last, what, two minutes or so to go on that 7-1 run, I think he hit a three, he scored the game, the go-ahead basket, um, and then he, he caused a turnover, man. That that was all LeBron. And, um, and Kyrie... While he had good moments, like you wanted to go be the man on your team, and I think as the season go along, we'll, he'll he'll be more of that. But I know he really wanted this game. They were close to winning it, but um, but yeah, man, th- I, I am looking forward to the next three matchups between these teams. Kevin Love hit a big shot too. Yeah, he did off LeBron. <laughs> yep. yep, LeBron, man. Yeah, I um. I think I mean one game is is, is one of eighty two. So relax, Ken. <laughs> but I'm talking um, about both teams, they both but, look but, great. Well, you know, I, I think it's a it's. I great guess is, the, is a lot, but they look good. Well, I don't really, I really can't put put a lot into it. I guess because we only saw what we were what we thought we were going to see from um, Boston. You know, for what six minutes, and then Hayward goes down, and so I mean, I think when he got hurt, the score was like twelve to six. So you know, we really didn't see much out of that, and then you know, we we don't know what Cleveland will look like once it gets back, Isaiah Thomas. But so you know what's what the, the the takeaway is that Hayward's gone now. So we saw what Boston is now without him in the second half, right. and I think that's the takeaway you you can pull from that. Because oh, yeah, we were like, oh yeah, 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 definitely, and I think that's something to be uh, that's something to behold because you know really the air went out of the building for them, and you know to see their guy go down as fast as they did, and Cleveland, I'm excuse me, uh, Boston responded and they kept playing and they kept playing, and then you know they they take a lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, again, it's, it's one of eighty two, but I think if you're a Boston Celtics fan, I think there's reasons for encouragement. We you know again, there's nobody in that conference that is going to you know really really prevent them from getting where they need to be uh this is a playoff team you know Kyrie's still a stud they still got Al Horford they still got you know some players that that they can you know rally upon and and they have a really really good coach in um in Brad Stevens Horford's but um a waste <laughs> he, he is dog like he he's a waste but Jalen Brown and, and Tatum man. they look good you know, I mean, again, it's, it's one game, but they they look good, and I think, um, you know, it's it's going to be tough for Boston to rebound. But you know, 
once you kind of get your, your feeling and, and get an idea as to where you want to go, I think they're going to be okay. Um, hey, hey, Ralph, what, uh, real quick, um, what, what's your early assessment of what you saw from, from uh, Cleveland? Um, it's, it's, it's LeBron and Coke. Um, he doesn't truly have a, a, another sidekick. We'll see what happens when IT gets there. But, um, you know, <clears throat> where, where is the system? Where, where, where is the Thank ball you. movement, player movement? What are we really trying to accomplish out here? It feels LeBron-centric again. Um, and I think that that's part of, you know, the gift and the curse of LeBron. Um, he hasn't had that Hall of Fame coach. He's one of the few Mount Rushmore-type players uh, not to have a Hall of Fame-type coach. And I, and I think every year that we watch him, that's, that's kind of what we see, and we're just accustomed to it. Just his greatness, his ability to make plays, his ability to still compete on both ends of the court. It, it, it's kind. Of, it's almost a little sad because it's kind of like you, you have to give this guy 11 guys versus giving him two really good guys and, you know, eight other role players and just having a, a system to know where everybody's supposed to be and holding everybody else accountable. Right now it just feels like if LeBron doesn't have a good game, they're going to struggle mightily. Um, even though I like what I see from D Rose, because obviously he can break down the defense and get into the paint and score. Um, I, they look fine, but I, I, I just I have to question how how impactful they're going to be against Golden State. And before I got on the call with y'all, I was on the, I was on the phone with my brother. And if y'all think I'm passionate, you know, when you get me and my brother together, it's, it's, it's buck wild. <laughs> but um, you know. I kept telling him, I'm like, what's going to be the impact? Because matchup for matchup, these, these two teams are the two deepest teams in the league. But it's it's not even a matchup thing for me when I watch these two teams. It's about what players are going to have the most impact in the game. And I think that for Cleveland, D-Rose and that bench needs to have major impact. I'm saying <clears throat> you're bringing D-Rose, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson and Jeff Green off the bench. That that squad has to have impact. They cannot allow leads to dissipate, or they have to be able to crawl back into games that they are that they get inserted into that they're down. Um, so, so to me, when I look or when I try to foresee what level of impact that these guys versus those guys are going to have. I think Golden State's going to have a bigger impact. And, and, and I think that we need to – Cleveland needs to figure out – obviously, you can't, you can't, you can't fire Ty Lue. Ty, Ty Lue has been wildly successful. So, so they're kind of stuck in a quandary. And I think that if they don't win, LeBron's gone. And I think LeBron, more so than the players and the team, he needs to go to a Popovich. He needs to go to that Hall of Fame coach that will give him the extra years, the extra sauce, the extra juice, whatever, whatever you want to call it. He needs that, and I and I think this in this one game is more apparent than ever to me. Before we get out of here, man, let's get our, our, our the teams that will make the playoffs from both the Eastern and the Western Conference, respectively. Um, Ken, you got your teams, uh, eight on one side, eight on the other. Uh, Eastern Conference, man, who you got? 
Okay, so I got um, Cavs number one, Celtics number two, Wizards number three, Raptors number four, Heat uh, number five. You know what? Forget that. Heat number five, number four, Raptors number five, Bucks number six, Hornets number seven, and Sixers number eight. So for the Western Conference, I have, um, and this uh, was easy at the top, so at least for me, I had the Warriors, Thunder, Spurs, Rockets, and then uh, closing it out, uh, coming at the fifth spot, I have the Clippers, Trailblazers, Pelicans, and Timberwolves. Okay, okay. What about you, B? Uh, Your Eastern Conference and Western Conference playoff teams. Um, East, I have uh, Cavs, got one Celtics at two, Wizards at three, um, Toronto at four, um, Milwaukee at five, Miami at six, Charlotte at seven, and at eight, I got Philadelphia. What about your Western Conference? Golden State, one. San Antonio, two. OKC, three. Houston, four. Five, I got Portland. Six, I got Clippers. Seven, I got Memphis. And eight, I got Timberwolves. FIFA, what about you, man? How does your list look out for the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference? Um, I don't have them in order. I'm going to just tell you which go ahead, go ahead. are actually going to make the playoffs in the East. <clears throat> Cleveland, Boston. Um, give me Charlotte. Give me Miami, Milwaukee, Philly, Toronto, and Washington. That's eight, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. In the West, obviously, give me Golden State, Houston. Give me um, OKC, San Antonio, Minnesota, Portland, the Clippers. Is that eight or is that seven? One more. Give me Memphis. Give me Memphis. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. None of us picked New Orleans to make it. I did. Not. I had you did? You did get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't have New Orleans on my list. I got. I'm, I'm gonna remind one through eight in the West. I got Golden State, OKC, Houston, Portland, San Antonio. Nah, you know what? Let me let me flip flop. San Antonio over Portland. Uh, then Memphis, Utah, Minnesota. So I got Minnesota at eight. Um, over in the East, Cleveland, Boston, Washington, Toronto, Milwaukee, uh, Miami, Detroit, and Charlotte. That's how I got that. So, Detroit. yeah, yeah, I think I think Detroit gets Detroit. In. I think that I think Detroit gets in. Motown, Motown. Hell no. Yeah, I think I Detroit gets. I mean, well, you got to remember now. I think, I think probably in the East. 36, 37 wins might get you in. That might get your eighth seed right there. So I think this Detroit team is in the East is more than capable of getting 37, 38, maybe 40 wins. I think that's possible. Okay. They won't be world beaters, but I think that's possible. Um, all right, so here we go. Uh, we've already talked about the Eastern Conference Finals, so we 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 all in agreement that we're going to see a a, a Celtics, Cavs, Eastern Conference Finals. So, Ken, in the West, who makes the Western Conference Finals? Warriors, Thunder. Okay. Yep, Warriors, Thunder. Warriors and Spurs. 
tell you, man, Greg Pop, Greg Pop is just reason just for all this with this Trump stuff. I'm, I, I can't go against him. <laughs> so it's gonna be Golden State and the Spurs. <laughs> okay, okay. What about you, FIFO? Um, give me OKC, uh, Golden State. Yeah, I, I sec I second that. Go uh, Golden State OKC in in the in the Western Conference Finals. Um, all right, man. FIFO uh, NBA Finals. Who wins? How many games and why? As of today, and and, and I reserve my right to check because I don't think man, you're not gonna pull that reserve my right hey, stuff. Just get no, hey, we record FIFO. Hey, hey. We recording this, man. We 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 got to get the people what they want. You know, giving the people FIFO. You understand that there are people that are gonna hedge bets. They're gonna go to they're gonna put money down on Vegas based on what these forecasts from Dead End Sports say. So you can't waffle on it. You got to give us. A, I'm you not give waffling. Us a, okay. I'm not waffling. Right. At the end of the day. The NBA more so this season than ever before is transient, and all I'm saying is I don't believe that Cleveland, as constructed, that's the finals Cleveland team that we're going to see. I don't think they're going to keep that number one pick. I don't think they're going to keep Tristan Thompson and a couple of other guys. So I don't think that this is the team that we're going to see. So depending on who they get, <clears throat> Boogie, uh, I reserve my right to change. As of right now, I got Golden State in six against Cleveland. Mm. Okay, okay. Uh, B, what about you, man? Who wins? How many games and why? Uh, uh, Golden State and Cleveland. Um, I say six games. Mm-hmm. Golden State in six. They're not gonna get them. In, they're not gonna get them in five this year. Um, just yeah, just Golden State just too. Man, I mean Kevin Durant over with them boys. It just 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 adds so much other stuff to you know to that squad, man. And I, I think even though I like to see, I, I want to see how mentally tough Golden State is gonna be because repeating is tough. I don't mm-hmm. care what level of sports you're playing in, whether it's NBA, college, AAU, high school, varsity, whatever. Repeating is tough, man. It's really tough. So, you know, I, I think Golden State is capable of doing. It. I just want to see how mentally tough, you know, K- KD is going to be. Now, now that you finally got one, will you have that hunger for more, more? You know what I'm saying? You know, teams gonna come at you twice as as hard as they did last season. So, what you do about? But I still think I think they gonna. I think once they you know settle down, get into the season, playoffs go. I think they're gonna get uh, Cleveland in uh, six games. It's gonna be a close six games, though. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a close. It's gonna it's gonna be a six game series, but it's gonna feel like a seven game series because I think I think a lot of games gonna be close. Like all, everything gonna come down to possessions, to certain one or two possessions. So yeah, go to state repeat. Okay, Ken, what about you? So nobody going with the Celtics, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't think Kyrie. <laughs> Is enough to get him over the hump. Hey, man. The kid. <laughs> the kid. The kid is on his own right now. Not not, not this year, Ken. They, they, okay. they, need, they need some marination. I don't know. To get, hey, I don't know. Um, I got Cavs and Thunder, man. Cavs versus the Thunder uh, in the finals. I'm not going with, with the Celtics um, either, but. Um, yeah, I, I like the Cavs versus the Thunder. I, I'm with Ralph. I think this team, this Cavs team, will look completely different um, when when the finals hit. Well, when the playoffs hit, 
Um, Lou scares me because he still doesn't have an offense, but it seems like almost every year he has a different team or put in a different situation. Um, but nevertheless, uh, it is what it is. Um, I like the Thunder mainly because I, I just think uh, I'm picking two guys that I, I just I have questions about when it comes to coaching. But Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, Hoodie Melo, I think they're going to get at them boys, man. I think they're going to get at them boys. And um, while while the the rest of the roster for the Thunder concerns me um, in terms of depth and the system or the lack thereof concerns me, I think sometimes, man, you know, sheer will and force and determination uh, will be enough. So give me the Cavs and the Thunder, and I like the Cavs to win it all. Uh, let's do six. So the Cavs and six over the, over the Thunder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Put your money down right now. Um, don't, don't bet on me. Uh, I got, I got the uh, Warriors over the Cavs in six. Um, I, I agree with B. I think it'll be a more competitive cause you know, look at me. I got a chance to go back and look at the finals from last year. You know, the games, you know, a couple of those games really weren't even competitive. I mean, like they were, you know, blowouts. Um, but I think I think this is going to be a, a, another great battle in this series between these two teams. Um, obviously, you get you know the likes of LeBron and KD and Steph and um, you know Kevin uh, excuse me, Kevin Love and so forth and so on. But um, no, man. Ultimately, I like uh, I like Golden State winning it all uh, in six. So I just think they're just too deep. Um, to beat Golden State, obviously, barring injury, I think you, you got to start taking, you got to start plucking from their, their team, man. You got to start plucking some of these free agents. You know, if you were able to take guys like Iguodala away from them or Livingston, because those are the guys that, you know, quietly show up on a night to night basis to help carry them. Um, as we watch, uh, as we're recording, uh, the uh, Warriors about the tip against uh, the Houston Rockets in the second game of the doubleheader on TNT. Um, but yeah, man, I, I like the Warriors uh, in uh, in six. I, I like the Warriors in six. Steve, Steven Adams is going to take somebody out, man. He's he going to pull a Zaza <laughs> Pachulia this year. <sighs> Zaza, that's funny. That's funny. Um, so yeah, man, that's it. There you have it. Uh, that is our NBA uh, preview. As always, want to thank everybody for tuning in. As I mentioned at the top, uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe. Uh, you can catch us right here, youtube.com backslash dead end sports. Uh, make sure that you follow us on all the socials. Hit us up. Uh, we're, we're always down to talk sports. So, uh, for Ken, for B, for FIFO, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Keep it in the closet. Boom, boom, boom.